Locked On Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, New York Giant fans, and welcome to another edition of Locked On Giants, part of the Locked On Podcast family, your team every day. My name is Patricia Trana. Thank you so much for joining me as we continue our look at each college, their prospects in the NFL draft. We're bringing on local experts who cover the college teams. They know their players best. They've been at the pro days or covered the pro days. And today I'm happy to have with me Jay Stevens. He covers the Buckeyes, the Ohio State Buckeyes for Locked on Buckeyes. He also has his own podcast called the Jay Stevens Podcast. And Jay, thank you so much for coming on with me. Patricia, glad to be here. Thanks for the invitation, and I'm excited to talk some football today. I am, too. Listen, you, you can talk football 24-7 as far as I'm concerned, and, and that, to me, would be a perfect way of life, right? It would be. So, I would love that. Yeah, wouldn't we all? All right, so, Jay, let's get into it. Ohio State just had their pro day. Now, we're recording – just a disclaimer for the for the listeners out there – we're recording this on Thursday, April 1st. The show is going to air most likely on Tuesday, um, next Tuesday, which is um, April 6th, I believe. So just to give you guys a little setting here, I'm trying to keep the, all the shows you know, flowing. So, Jay, let's talk about um, the pro day, who stood out, who helped themselves, who didn't, and, and just how this kind of shapes up the different uh, prospects. The Ohio State Pro Day went well. Um, you had 31 of the 32 teams in the NFL represented there. I believe the one team that was not represented, it escapes me, but they have not been at quite a few Pro Days, so their absence was not something that was a big deal or big conversation. But from Dustin Fields to Baron Browning to Wyatt Davis to Tommy Togiai, with Togiai having 40 reps at 225 on the bench press, there was a lot of talent um, on both sides of the ball, offense and defense, and Justin Fields, the star of the show, and when he got out there to make his throws, he didn't disappoint. Made some amazing throws. One throw we saw in Zach Wilson's pro day, they kind of duplicated that or replicated that with Justin Fields at the pro day as well. Also, we saw some youngsters, some young wide receivers, uh, uh, Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson catching passes for Justin Fields. Now, they're not going to be going to the NFL this year, but scouts can get an early look at guys that can be that will be in the NFL in the future. But all in all, looking back at the pro day, it was a really good day. And of course, Justin Fields is gonna be the topic of every conversation. And he definitely did not did not disappoint. No, he didn't. And of course, there's supposed to be a run in the top 10 of quarterbacks. Where are you hearing Justin Fields is going to land? Because obviously, the more quarterbacks that go in the top 10, the closer the Giants get to maybe a, a, a Panay Sewell or, or a Kyle Pitts or whatnot. So where do you anticipate Justin Fields going? Justin Fields, to me, now, from where I anticipation. It's really up to – it's been back and forth. I've heard top three. I've heard first round. I haven't really heard much second round until this week, which is not really alarming because after your pro day, a player like Justin Fields, people are trying to nitpick everything about everybody's skill set and everybody's play. So now we're hearing he's a fourth-round grade on some people's board. Now that may just be that they don't need a quarterback, so be it. But if I can get Justin Fields and I have a second-round pick or a third-round pick – and I may have a guy that's been the starter for me and, and for the foreseeable future, but I 
I want to get a backup. Justin Fields right there because not, there aren't many teams out there in the NFL that have a quarterback that's going to be the quarterback for the next ten years. It's, it's very rare. A lot of the co- a lot of teams are going to be oh well, if he messes up, we got to have his backup right here behind him. So I'm guessing, anticipating top first round, top 10, 15 pick. Um, really, he should be to me, is my personal opinion. Um, top five should be where he should go. Second QB off the board. But right now, executives are um, really working overtime to try to say anything they can to try to slander him, hopefully hoping he falls to them or just trying to um, maneuver the words they say to help uh, their own draft positioning. Let me just go back to his workout for a second. Um, who did he throw to? What, what, did he have, um, I guess, some of his younger teammates, or did they bring other guys in for him to throw to? So some of the receivers, uh, C.J. Saunders, former wide receiver at Ohio State, he was there. A couple underclass, well, a couple of guys that will be playing at Ohio State this upcoming year. Mentioned them earlier. Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, also Jamison Williams was also catching passes from Justin Fields. Those are guys that Fields threw passes to last year. You also had Trey Sermon out of the backfield, Luke Farrell and Jake Hosman. Those are the couple of tight ends. And I believe that was the list of the players that Justin Fields threw the ball to on Tuesday. All right, sounds good. Now, let's turn our attention because, again, the Giants aren't going to necessarily be in the market for a quarterback. Um, Not that they would have a chance, I think, at at sitting at number 11 for Justin Fields. But I want to turn the attention to the offensive linemen. Now, you have a couple in this draft. I think uh, it it might be three, uh, two names that pop up, Wyatt Davis and Josh Myers. What can you tell us about those two? Wyatt Davis is a mauler. He is a people mover. Um, I was on one podcast recently, and the guy asked, could you describe Wyatt Davis as a hog molly? And I said, absolutely. He can. He he fits that billing. Uh, he is a guy that run, run game, inside zone scheme, he fits very well. Pass pro fits very well. If you watch the tape from this year, you're going to see early in the season, there was com- miscommunication between left guard, center, and right guard. I don't think the center and the right guard were the prominent issue they had a new guy there at left guard and harry miller who was out of position he's normally a center got bumped to left guard during the season and you saw that early in the season there were some growing pains um just really trying to figure out the footwork the communication between those three and there were some issues there at the interior of the old line for ohio state and that may be the only knock on Wyatt davis's film between last year and this year because he's just that good early in the season you heard him opting out not sure if he's going to play once the season got reinstated, but he did come out and play, and he is a people mover. Josh Myers is just smart. He's solid. He could, he's consistent. Uh, he does play the center, the center position. Wyatt Davis is the offensive guard. I believe those are the only two offensive linemen for Ohio State in this the upcoming draft. I'm hearing late first, early second round grade for Wyatt Davis and Josh Myers, either a second or third round for those two individuals, for him. Uh, I think they both could be first-round picks, first-round talents. It's just when you play guard and center, there are other more important positions on the field other than those two. Not knocking the importance of offensive linemen, but you mentioned it earlier, Panea Sewell, left tackle, or you may need a rush end. Uh, Those are very, very prominent, very important positions. A lot of teams, they'll wait to the second or third round to get a guard or a center. 
Now, let me just back up a second because uh, I, I should have actually let off with this. Some of you, I believe some of the players opted out last year because of COVID concerns. Those that did, when you, you know, when you, I guess, got their pro day results or saw them on, during the pro day, did, did the layoff hurt any of these guys, do you think? Yeah, yeah. I mentioned a, a slight bit with the offensive line, but there's also some things with the defense um, because Ohio State's defense was trying to fix holes and fill holes uh, in the secondary. You're losing Damon Arnett and Jeff Okuda. Uh, I believe there was a safety that name escapes me that left Ohio State as well. So you're losing three starters, three pros, and the only guy that's left is Sean Wade. Not knocking Sean Wade, but he was put with a tough task to be the leader of a secondary that he was – he looks around – Ain't nobody else here that was here with me last year. So he's put up with a tough task, not just to be a leader, but to also be a guy that is a leader on the field, off the field. And when, he, and when it's game time, don't make any mistakes. If you do, bounce back very, very quickly. Even with the offensive, offensive line, um, with the uncertainty of there not really being, if you're not know what you're going to be, if there's going to be a season and the offseason workouts being different. You saw the O-line running game for Ohio State wasn't up to par for Ohio State running games. Well, the offseason training workouts, they're going, then they're halted. They may still be going, but they're modified because you're not sure if it's going to be a season. So, yeah, I do think that Ohio State, like other teams, they were hindered by the uncertainty of having a football season last fall. You are listening to Locked On Giants with Patricia Trainer and special guest Jay Stevens of Locked On Buckeyes and the Jay Stevens podcast. We are going to take a short break. When we come back, a lot more coming up on today's Locked On Giants podcast. Please stay with us. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your sportsbook expert. Hey, Giant fans, this is Patricia Trena, host of the Locked on Giants podcast. If you're looking for a way to keep Giants football in the forefront during this offseason, pick up a copy of my new book, The Big 50 New York Giants, The Men and Moments That Made the New York Giants. This 350-plus page book takes a deep dive into the rich history of the Giants franchise, covering every era with stories, photos, and more that take you behind the headlines. The Big 50 New York Giants is available on Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, TriumphBooks.com, and wherever books are sold. Pick up your copy today, and thank you to everyone for your support. Welcome back, Giant fans, to Locked on Giants. Patricia Trina here with you, and I am joined by Jay Stevens. He is the host of the Locked on Buckeyes podcast. He also has his own podcast, Jay Stevens Podcast, and we are talking Ohio State uh Pro Day. And uh, get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on all the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app 
or wherever you get your podcasts. And let's continue our chat here with Jay. And uh, Jay, let's talk now about some of these defenders. A guy that I am very intrigued by, and I actually had him in a couple of my mock drafts, is defensive lineman Tommy Togai. What can you tell us about him? Oh, my gosh. I love watching. It's Tommy Togai play football. The 40 reps at 225. 225 pounds in the, at the bench press. Uh, that was impressive. He was trying to go for 50. I had a, a Ohio State rider on the day, but the day, actually the day of the pro day. And he said, oh, let's go for 45 over under set at 45. Um, <clears throat> 40, 40 reps. Amazing. Uh, he is a guy. Not sure he's going to be a one technique or a three technique, but those 40 reps at the bench press, that Polynesian that he is, that just shows that he's able to get the leverage and he can be a disruptor. During the season, him along with his uh, right-hand man, Haskell Garrett. I called them the disruptors for Ohio State. Right there in the interior of the defensive line, any offensive lineman, right guard, center, left guard, they look out there. You see two big, massive human beings that are known for moving people and disrupting whatever is going on in the backfield. And Tommy Toge was a phenomenal piece for that. One technique or three technique, deep tackle, whatever spot it is for him, I think he'll be a phenomenal asset for any team that gets him because he's, he can instantly be a guy you draft him and he goes right into the rotation on day one. Now he's a guy who I'm, who, who interests me because obviously the Giants lost Dalvin Tomlinson in free agency. They did bring in Danny Shelton for, uh, for on a one-year deal. But uh, I have to think that, you know, with, with Shelton on a one-year deal, Austin Johnson, I think, was signed to a one-year deal. B.J. Hill is on the final year, I think, of his rookie contract. There's probably going to be a need for an interior defensive lineman on the Giants. I don't know how familiar you are with what the Giants run, but, you know, based on what you do know about the Giants defense, what, where do you see a guy like a guy being a fit? Help me out. Does it does the do the Giants run a three four? Their three four is their base, but they're multiple. So they run some three fours and some some you know base uh, of four threes, and sometimes you know they'll just have two down linemen. So they consider themselves multiple, but three four is the base. Three four. That's that, that. That was what my assumption was, or my belief was. I just wanted to confirm that w- with you very quickly. Um, Tokyo, when it comes to a three four, or maybe a multiple, a two uh, two D lineman. Um, he may be in the stand up two two point stance. Uh, not sure how the coaches are going to call that, but I think he'll fit fit in very well. Um, day one, and I say that I, I don't say that like as a homer or someone covering the team. I'm just saying, oh, you want your guy to, to be the best that he can be. I do. Don't get me wrong. It makes my job a whole lot easier if former Buckeyes get to the NFL and they're instruments and they're being a great asset, excuse me, great assets and being utilized in great ways on the teams that they're on. It makes my job so easy. But I do think Togiai, 3-4 set or 4-3 set, can fit in right now. I don't say that about many guys uh, around um, the NFL or around college football, such at Ohio State, because not everybody's going to fit every single scheme. But if you want Togiai to be the uh, a, a nose, he can be that. If you want to go to the 4-3 or multiple uh, defensive fronts, and you want to be a 4-3, a one technique or a three technique, Togiai can fit that. He is one of those guys, rare breeds, that can fit multiple defensive sets and disrupt the thing that the offenses are trying to throw at the Giants. What does he still need to refine in his game? Good question. Good, very good 
question. Prop. My one thing, he does good at leverage. Um, maybe just lateral quickness, lateral movement. Now he did show some things via the pro day that when I was looking at him and at least some of the bag drills. Now I, I'm not a person that's going to hold a whole lot of weight and put a whole lot of stock into everything we see at a pro day. Um, it is it is a workout, and that's exactly what it is. There's no pads, no helmets, but maybe just lateral quickness, um, which is not bad, but it can always but it can always be improved improved on. Excuse me. Yeah, indeed. I mean, there, there's a you know, for as polished as he is, and and I gotta tell you, I really like his film, and I just just something intriguing that just screams giant hog molly, like you said. But <laughs> you know, just you, you just kind of wonder the, about the fit, and and you know, can he hit the ground running and everything like that? Because there is that that transition and whatnot. And I guess as a rookie, he wouldn't if he came here, he wouldn't necessarily have to. He could kind of work his way in. What about some of these other guys? Um, I know there's some a couple of linebackers. There's Pete Werner, uh, Baron Browning, I think, and then there's an edge rusher, Jonathan Cooper. Anybody there worth you know paying attention to that might surprise? The two linebackers, Browning and Werner. I'll get to Cooper here in a second. He's a different type of skill set. He has a defensive end. I'll get to him very quickly. We look at Browning, very athletic. I think he's like 6'3", 240. I've been trying to find the exact, exact numbers on the pro day. Haven't found them just yet. But I believe he's like 6'3", 240. Ran a 4'5", 8", I believe, 40 at the pro day at Ohio State. So it's good speed, really good speed for a linebacker. You're not 4'7", too slow. Um, you're, if it was 4'4", amazing. But 4'5", is still moving at 6'3", 240. Um, same thing for Pete Werner. Very athletic. Both of these guys... They were outside. They didn't actually flop positions. Um, they both have played the Sam and the Will linebacker in Ohio State's 4-3 base defense the past two years. Both of these gentlemen were captains last year as well. So they're not just bringing the leadership aspect. They're bringing the versatility aspect, knowing how to play on the strong side and on the weak side. And one thing that impressed me about both of them, one, well, a couple things. One, Werner was a leading tackler for Ohio State this past year. Browning, very athletic, could place it inside and place it outside. But both of them had at times guarded Pat Fryermuth, one of the top tight ends in this upcoming NFL draft. A week two last year, they're in Happy Valley. Penn State at times, they would put Fryermuth out on the wide side of the field. And Ohio State, instead of altering their defense and bringing in a, a, a corner or a nickelback, they would go out there and they would flank out and they say, hey, look, Werner, Browning, whichever one, you're going to go out there one-on-one -on -one with the best one of the best tight ends in the country, guard him. You're not getting any safety help over the top, and we're not going to bring a corner over to double-team him. You're on him every single time, one-on-one. -on -one. You're on an island. Let's see what you got. And both gentlemen, not just in that game, but in numerous times throughout the season, they showed their versatility, not just being very good in the box or in a phone booth and stopping the run, but also doing a very good job of guarding it one on one, one on one set, uh, turning your hips, not getting pass interference, all the things you're looking at when you're guarding somebody one on one. They did a phenomenal job of that so you're not just getting a guy in browning who's athletic he can also go outside play inside werner leading tackler for ohio state that can play outside as well i think werner is slept on i think a lot of people they look at him they see the position that he plays they like ah okay cool ah, i don't know well a 40 inch vertical uh i forget the reps on the bench press that he had uh he is a guy played safety in high school transition to play outside linebacker he is a guy. I don't say this about most people, but 
I, they can honestly play 3-4 or 4-3. They be good on the inside. I don't think either of them is going to be up on the line. They could play some, uh, some, some outside linebacker as well. They could fit either mold. Will be a transition period, but I think either one of those guys that the Giants decided to get Werner or Browning would be A-OK, would be a smart decision. Jonathan Cooper, very quickly, he's a different cat. He is a defensive end. 3-4 set, if that's going to be the primary base, occasionally going to the 4-3, the 2-D two, uh, two tackle set that are down linemen. Cooper's a guy, to me, he fits more of a 4-3 skill set than a 3-4 skill set. I believe he came in at, like, I want to say 250. Um, If I'm thinking about a D-end in a 3-4, where you're going to have your hand on the hand in the ground, maybe a 5 technique, He's not heavy enough to me to fit the 3-4 defensive set. Uh, he needs to work on his quickness, work on his speed. Um, worked good at Ohio State, but I just don't know the kind of pro and how quickly Cooper can get acclimated from the 4-3 at Ohio State to a 3-4 in the NFL. I don't know if how quickly he can get acclimated to any defensive set or scheme in the NFL. And I think the one other defensive player that I saw is is cornerback Sean Sean Wade. I, anybody you know, day three pick, priority free agent, or somebody who might be able to sneak into day two. Interesting, you mentioned day two, because if we go back to before the season, Sean Wade was almost a surefire first round pick. And I mentioned earlier that you had Damon Arnett on one corner, Jeff Okuda on the other corner. Sean Wade was the nickel corner last year, well, two seasons ago, and he did a phenomenal job at the inside corner position. You put him at the outside corner, he was recovering from, from an injury, the uncertainty of having a season, would they play, would they not play, that was an issue. And I don't know if he properly got the technique down to play an outside corner, but I think what he showed people this year, Outside corner is not his ideal position. Uh, he's either an inside corner nickelback or playing a safety, a single high safety set. The outside corner for me and Sean Wade might not be ideal. I would be shocked, um, not upset, just a little shocked if Sean Wade got moved to day two. We know the kind of skill set that he has. I think he is a more around four through seven project at outside corner or single high safety. If you put him at day two or day three, you better you better be very, very sure you're getting a guy that's going to be your inside corner because if you draft him earlier to make him a outside corner, you're asking you that's a pretty big ask, a pretty big project for a guy that really didn't show he showed some signs of improvement. But there were things that he did that didn't really wow you and say, wow, he's a day one or day two guy at outside corner. He is still recovering from, I believe, an injury. His, his uh, NFL Pro Day will be coming up very, very soon. Um, but Sean Wade, I don't think he'll be an undrafted free agent guy. Um, it could happen. That right there would shock me. But I think he is a day three guy simply because teams aren't really sure what spot on the field he'll play. I'm hearing a lot of single high safety, which is probably the best fit for him. Um, but outside corner, the position he played last year, not ideal for him in the National Football League. You are listening to Locked On Giants podcast with Patricia Trainer and special guest Jay Stevens, the host of the Locked On Buckeyes podcast and the Jay Stevens podcast. We're going to take our final break. And when we come back, we're going to wrap it up with some final thoughts from Jay on Ohio State's draft prospects. So please stay with us. 
With the ever-increasing number of auto makes and models, it's now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait for the counterperson to order the parts on a computer, usually choosing the brands that the store happens to prefer? Instead, take your search for your auto parts to rockauto.com. rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for all your auto parts and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpeting. Whether it's for your classic or daily drive, get everything you need in just a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices that you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck and write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so that they know we sent you. rockauto.com, amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. That's rockauto.com. Welcome back, Giant fans, to Locked on Giants. Patricia Trainer here with you. And we are talking Ohio State draft prospects with the one and only Jay Stevens. He is the host of the Jay Stevens podcast and also the host of the Locked on Buckeyes podcast. And really happy to have him with us today. And uh, speaking of the draft... The NFL Draft is just mere weeks away, and it's time to start following our locked-on NFL Draft Duo. The Draft Dudes podcast watches every prospect so that you don't have to, and the Locked-on NFL Draft podcast is your daily draft news and mock draft podcast. Follow the Locked-on NFL Draft podcast on the Odyssey app wherever you get your podcasts. And let's continue our chat with Jay. A few more thoughts on the Ohio State prospect. And Jay, I want to talk a little bit about the Ohio State football program as a whole. You know, we we always hear about, for example, Nick Saban down in Alabama and how his players, you know, go through a a program that's very NFL-like. I know, you know, for years, Urban Meyer was the head coach there. He's now in Jacksonville, and I believe Ryan Ryan Day is the new head coach there. What kind of program does he run? Is it is it similar to you know NFL ready, or is it kind of maybe a step below NFL type level? It is NFL ready. Um, Ryan Day and Urban Meyer they are good coaches, but they're different. Um, Urban Meyer is a guy he runs everything. He wants to have complete control over the entire operation, and it works for him. Ryan Day, as we've seen in this off season. He has gone out and he's hiring guys to delegate different roles so that he doesn't have everything on his plate. Unfortunately, we have seen with with uh, Urban Meyer, health has got, gotten away and there have been health issues there that have caused him to one step away at Florida and then also step away at The Ohio State University. Ryan Day is a guy when it comes to the type of program he runs and the type of people that he brings in. He's not afraid to sit you down and suspend you for 
being stupid. And I say being stupid because there's a young man in Ohio State, uh, Marcus Hooker. His brother, uh, Malik Hooker, is currently in the NFL. I believe he still plays for the Colts. But Marcus Hooker just got, got arrested for the second time for a DUI. He's currently suspended indefinitely. These are certain things that Ryan Day does not tolerate. If you're going to go out and if there's going to be things that can help you when you are a little intoxicated and things like Uber and Lyft and those type of things that can help you so you don't get arrested, so you don't drink, uh, drive drunk and all those things, and you don't go right that route to use the aids that are helping you, Ryan Day's like, look, I get it. You're a talented kid, but this is not the type of program not the type of young man that I want right now. My right now, suspend you, sit down, sit back indefinitely. We will reconvene and come back to see what it is is the best route for you with Ohio State and your career and tenure here playing football. So the two two different individuals run the programs different, but I do think Ryan Day is on a trajectory that he's one bringing in the right guys, getting his scheme correct, get, getting his scheme there orchestrating and making moves around his coaching staff. Last year, the defensive coordinator was also the deep defensive back coach. This year, he gets to focus on the on this, on the the defense as a whole. There is somebody else than uh, Matt Barnes, who is now the new defensive back coach. So Ryan Day's understanding delegation. He's understanding adapt, adapting to the situation. Understanding you got to stand firm on certain things and not let just the individuals or the players run everything. If they do something wrong, sit there immediately. Let them know what they did wrong, what the what the consequence will be, and then find if it's an indefinite situation, if it's going to be a permanent situation with Hooker, or it's going to be somebody else that um, you bring him back, but you put him somewhat on probation. Two different individuals, two guys that run high caliber, very successful programs. And in Ryan Day's first two years to go to your, your the college football playoff semifinal and lose, and then this year, this past year, go to the national championship game, that's very big, high success. Reminds me of Larry Coker. Larry Coker back at Miami after he lost to Ohio State in the Fiesta Bowl national championship. Things fell apart. Well, things weren't the same after that. Will that be the same way for Ryan Day? I don't know. I don't want to jump to conclusions and say after year two, going into year three and beyond, Ryan Day is not going to be a really good coach and the program is going to fall apart. I'm not going to say that. I do believe that Ryan Day is headed in the right trajectory to not have a Larry Coker fall off, but to have a a an ascension in college football, not just to have a really good pro, uh, football program, but to really solidify himself as one of the best coaches in college football. We've talked about several of the Buckeye prospects in this draft. Is there anybody we haven't talked about that we should be talking about because he's flying under the radar? So there's one individual that I was actually on another Giants podcast recently. And they asked, they put this in there. They asked me about this um, a couple of times on the show. And Trey Sermon, Trey Sermon was an Oklahoma Sooner, uh, ended up being a grand tra- grad transfer to Ohio State. One of those guys that I really wish stayed at Ohio State and utilized his COVID year, COVID year of eligibility to stay at Ohio State and play one more year um, as a running back there. I know he saw the amount of talent and type of, type of competition that he had that was coming into Ohio State, and he knows about the injury that he suffered in the national championship game, the broken collarbone, which I will add, he is fully healed from that. So that's, that's a good move. He looked good at the pro day. Now, I was not looking forward to um, seeing him hit people because you're not hitting. But Trey Sermon, probably a late day two, early day three pick running back. Um, Injury may be a a question because he did get hurt at 
Oklahoma. He did get hurt at Ohio State. One thing I like about him as far as for his pro- for professional prospect, he never had a season in college football where he had over 200 touches in one season. And so that's huge because you get a lot of running backs that are coming in. They may start a year or two, but they're getting two, two I mean, 200 plus, 250 plus touches uh, in a season. That never happened for him. He's very good out of the backfield. He's very physical. His hands are put on his play, catching the ball out of the backfield. Either screen passes um, or catches into the flat. Everything, though, it, it does help when you have a, a quarterback like Justin Fields that's going to put the ball right where you want it. But Trey Sermon could be a guy, might not be a starter day one, and I don't think it's going to be the case with Saquon Barkley right there in New, e- in New England, New York. Excuse me. That was, that was a mess up. I don't want to put that franchise in this podcast. Um, but I do think that Trey Sermon, backup role right away, could be something that fits. That New England thing that slipped, uh, I don't know where that came from. That's okay. The Giants own New England. We know that. Two Super Bowl <laughs> wins over over New England, including here's a fun fact for you. The Giants can lay claim to being the last team to defeat a team that went 16-0 and now that we're going to a 17-game season. Oh, so a little piece of trivia like question. It. All right. Final question for you. I'm going to put you on the spot here. Pick one player from the Ohio State group that you think is the best fit for the giant it can be offense defense it could be a giant need or you know maybe they don't need at that position but who would you say has new york giant written all over them give me a couple seconds i'm going to talk myself through this as i'm looking at my list of players right now um there's one player we didn't mention justin hilliard who had a couple injuries injury riddled season career at ohio state um, could be a guy um, playing outside, very instinct, instinctive with his with his approach. Um, but one guy that might fit the Giants, going linebacker, or excuse me, I'm going defense. I have three names in my head. I, I have Togiai, I have Browning, I have Werner. I'd probably go Togiai, which is saying a lot because I really like all three of those guys. But I really think Togiai is a guy day one immediately plug and play right there in rotation. He is a guy that I believe Giants fans will love. Uh, he, I remember I talked about how Wyatt Davis is a people mover. Well, on the other side of the ball, Tommy Togia is a people mover as well. We called Wyatt Davis a hog molly. Um, I call Tommy, Tommy Togia a disruptor. And I believe that Giants fans, if he does go to the Giants, Tommy Togiai will disrupt whatever the opposing offense will throw at the Giants defense. All right. You know, I can live with that because like I said, that's a guy that I've mocked to the Giants a couple of times now, somewhere between the second and third round. I don't know that he's going to last necessarily to the third round, but uh, I can, I, I can get on board with that for sure. All right, Jay, great stuff. Before we sign off, tell everybody where they can find, um, obviously, your podcast and uh, the Locked On Buckeyes podcast, of course, they can find on the Locked On Podcast Network. But anything you have coming up on the, on the podcast that you want to talk about? Patricia, this has been fun. I want to say thank you for allowing me to come on the podcast and talk football. I was on a Giants podcast recently, and it didn't take those guys very long to realize how much I had missed talking football for longer than two or three minutes. Um, you guys can follow me on Twitter at jsteven07. You can follow Locked on Buckeyes, the same place as you have found Locked on Giants. You can follow and find Locked on Buckeyes as well. Have a lot of football talk coming up 
right before the draft. Uh, sprinkle in some basketball talk, but it'll be a lot of football. So you guys will definitely enjoy it. The Jay Stevens podcast, um, that's found same places you find uh, Lost on Giants, Lost on Buckeyes. You can find the Jay Stevens podcast as well. Uh, solo podcast uh, and do some solo stuff on Mondays. Have a guest come in on Thursdays. Recently had the opportunity to interview uh, former Heisman Trophy winner Charlie Ward. So go back and check out that interview. That was a lot of fun. Um, I found a way to get a lot of information out in a short amount of time. And normally I'm a long-winded guy, as you can tell. But it was these interviews, they're fun, and they challenged me to say less to get out more. So that was a fun interview there. Um, but yeah, just check out both podcasts there. Uh, Monday's also Locked on Big Ten. Myself and Big Ten Ben Stevens. He's the host of Locked on Big Ten. I do join him on Mondays. Re- we recap everything that happened in Big Ten country. We'll be ramping up and talking about a lot more uh, pro days and getting ready for the NFL draft. So if you have any questions about any Big Ten football prospects, check out Locked on Big Ten, myself and Ben on Mondays. But then Ben is there Monday through Friday, keeping you up to date and in the know about everything going on in the Big Ten Conference. That is Jay Stevens, everybody, from Locked on Buckeyes and the Jay Stevens Podcast. I am Patricia Trainer. Keep it here all week on the Locked on Giants Podcast. We will continue uh, looking at different schools, the, the prospects from different schools. And of course, if there's any breaking news from the Giants, we will interrupt and we will get that on as well. So uh, for Jay Stevens, everybody have a great day.